Welcome to episode number 43 of the Boxing One Podcast. This is John Richards, a.k.a. Jay Rich, and the homie, Chris Lassiter, a.k.a. C-Lass. What's up, homie? Uh, what up, Jay Rich? Man, you got it, man. You got it. We're on episode number 43, man. I don't know if you have any athletes for this episode to kind of dedicate it to. Do you, can you think of any 43s off top? Of course. What you got? The Samoan, Palomalu. Oh, Troy Palomalu. Man, I thought you was going to say Richard Petty, NASCAR. <laughs> hey, real quick, before we dive into some stuff that I know is uh, way heavier. Mm. So while my man, this is when Iverson was in his prime, we was walking through the mall and he had on a pair of Iversons and uh, the homie ran up on us and was like, hey, man, where did you get those Dale Earnhardt's? I told you I'm oh, from rural Virginia. Are you serious? And it took us it took us a minute to register like what he was saying, but he thought the three, he thought the only way you could be a three athlete is if you were the intimidator. Yo, wow. Said, <laughs> Context uh, is oh, always man. key, bro. Context is always key. <laughs> there it is. So look, we got we got a couple of different topics we want to cover this episode. We're definitely going to talk about college basketball and the scandal that happened with Patino. Um, definitely becoming the coach who just lost his job, lost his way. But I think I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start this episode discussing what happened um, just yesterday um, in Las Vegas. And if you haven't heard the news yet. Um, just yesterday, uh, there was a shooter who shot into a crowd of participants who were at a country music concert at Mandalay Bay, right outside of Mandalay Bay, um, and shot these assault rifles into a crowd of 20,000 people. Um, to date, hundreds have been injured. And um, Las Vegas is hurting. Our country is hurting. And um, as believers, you know, it hurts our hearts to see something like this happen. So we wanted to uh, address that on the podcast, at least from a couple of different angles. And I'll tell you what I said in the immediate aftermath of this. Personally, I felt like because we're in a politically charged environment, because Puerto Rico's happened because of what we have going on uh, in the office of president. And then last week, weekend with the flag incident, I think things are really, really charged politically. And some of the first comments that I, I saw coming down the timeline after this incident happened um, had to do with either the president or policies um, that dealt with, with gun control and my concern was uh, they didn't really deal with the people who were involved. I mean, we had uh, a good number of people who lost their lives. And I'm not sure if we've been desensitized to that or it's just our political environment has caused us to think more about those things first. But my suggestion to folks in my timeline was, hey, for a minute, can we put aside policies and presidents and think about people and think about people really hurting on the ground. So yeah, that was what I thought of um, in terms of praying, uh, thinking through other ways to help. Now, I think 
you know, I think, Chris, and you can probably talk about this. I think praying is good and, and doing that immediately is good. But then at the same time, I, I agree with people like stuff needs to be done. Right. Yeah. But I do. I think it's there's an order to things. And you want to talk about being like doubly grieved. Um, first, church, my church, I go to Holy Cross, PCA and stand good church. Um preaches the gospel every week. Sunday we were talking about biblical lament and just reading through um, Jeremiah's words and lamentations. And things aren't going well for the country. Like things are going really bad if you do the research of what's going on when he's pinning these words. But just like like having a biblical grief, just crying out, like not losing hope in the midst of it. Like at the end he points back to, hey, here's where my hope is even in the worst of these circumstances. So just fresh off of that, get up. I'm about to uh, start reading my Bible, do my devotional. I happen to see something on Twitter and it says Las Vegas. Usually Monday morning, it's all sports feeds that are like, it's all sports teams. So I'm like, Las Vegas doesn't have a sports team. Click on it. I'm like, oh my goodness, this can't be it. So I'm grieved all of a sudden, like, wow, this is one of those things we're just going to wake up and today is going to be crazy. And then was grieved again when I saw like, hey, our country is so divided that they just want all of the information about the shooter to see if they can fit it into a political or religious narrative um, that matches their own ideology so they can say, I told you so. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, like I know, like, I don't live near Las Vegas. Maybe that makes it easier, but we can't miss the gravity of this situation. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so first, I'm with you. And um, some people countered me and said, like, hey, see, last we understand what you're trying to say. But if we don't talk about it now, like, when will it be appropriate? Like, this is why we have this is the time where we have people's attention. And I understand that argument. But my thing is, like, but then what it, when my counter argument is, when are we going to remember the humanity of the lives lost? Um, like if we don't do that now, then when are we going to do that? So, um, that, that was, that, that really, and so then I saw your, um, and I was going to pin something and I saw what you wrote and it come across and I was like, I'm just sharing this because this is exactly, exactly how I feel. Like these are real people, um, who went just to experience common grace to, I love music. I want to go see one of my favorite artists in a concert. And it ended up just being like the largest mass murder um, in the recent history of the United States. So that was just, um, we just have to like pause and feel the weight of that before we throw it into an ideology. So, yeah. And, and that's all I want. Just, just some time for us to be able to um, sit under the weight of, of the depravity um, of humanity and cry out to God. Um, for help um, and and remember the fact that, hey, we're in this eschatological tension of already and not yet um, being already redeemed, but creation still groaning um, for that redemption. So just just give it that time before you're able to talk about policies. Like, I don't think that we could have called the legislature up today and have them pass any gun laws today. So that was my point. Like, Give it some time for for us to be able to process rather than throwing barbs. Maybe we need to go and throw some blood at some people. 
So it's great to see the outpouring of support of people in Las Vegas, lines around the corner to give blood to people who need it right now on the ground. That's what's important right now. So that was my point. And I certainly see the alternative perspective. Hey, when do we talk about this stuff? But please just just give it that time for folks to be able to 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 mourn because these are family members and to process. That's all I ask. And then uh, Jay Rich, and I think this is something we could agree on, too. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, we hold tight as Christians to something called orthodoxy, which you could just like over overly simplify by saying right belief. Right. Uh, we want to hold on to right beliefs about God, but there's also this thing about orthopraxy, and that's uh, right practice in relationship to that orthodoxy. Like, what does it mean to live out what we say we believe about God? And so um, the other thing I don't think we can do as uh, believers is just uh, throw up a prayer emoji, um, like the symbol on a news story and leave it there um i I think it's really time where um we have to say like all right puerto rico doesn't have power Uh, people are hurting people in texas are still recovering from all of the tropical storm damage that they've had like not at some point there has to be a practical step where we say like hey we're believers and it causes us to enter into pain the same way that uh christ entered into our world. We need to enter into the pain of some of these stories some way and provide tangible means of relief. So so there's definitely some praxy that needs to happen. Um, and and we both are um, of the opinion that, that prayers are certainly great. And emojis, prayer emojis, that means that you're praying, hopefully. Um, but at the same time, there definitely needs to eventually be some type of um, some type of tangible action that happens. So Continue prayers um, to those who are in Las Vegas and um, any other way that we can help, like, you know, looking for other ways that some Christians may be able to help by giving um, or giving, donating blood or anything else. Uh, we certainly would share when um, when that time arises. So. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Just grieving with you, grieving with you, Las Vegas and and praying that um, that God was sovereign is is certainly still at work so jay rich there is a really no easy way to transition from that to our next topic but if i was going to say to you uh which which one of these two stories in college basketball world took you more by surprise it's crazy that we're even talking about college basketball right now because the conversation should be on college football right now across campuses. But these two stories emerge. One is that there's this federal scandal with all these uh, coaches and assistant coaches getting tripped up, the illegal recruiting of athletes and steering them towards certain people or certain colleges, certain agents, um, and trying to like really turn these individual athletes into cash cows at colleges on the one end. And then just recently today, we got... Uh, LeVar saying, hey, he's going to pull LaMelo out of school and let him homeschool uh, rather than finish his last two years of high school and then just see where his uh, college and professional career go after those two years of homeschooling and personal training by LeVar himself. So which one of those two stories uh, shocked you more? I don't think any, anything shocks me about LeVar Ball. Like nothing that he does shocks me. So, so if I had to pick one of them, it would be the college basketball story, even though it shocks me 
Well, it shocks me a little bit more than the LeVar Ball story. It still doesn't shock me because college basketball has always been trying to find a way to continue to be relevant in a one-and-done era. And when you do that, you are definitely going to have some recruiting issues. Uh, high schoolers are going to be uh, potentially, quote-unquote, compensated, or families are going to be compensated for some type of structure of pay and, pay and play. Um, and it could happen. It happened to Rick Patino, who looks like an untouchable. <laughs> a lot of people say he looks like a mafia member, right? But yeah, uh, he does. <laughs> it happened to one of the guys who you felt like was untouchable. I mean, we know it kind of happens in college basketball. Uh, we've we've seen players and we've seen programs get suspended. But uh, seeing that this week hurts me because I like college basketball, at least in March or February when these tournaments are happening. Uh, but now that's going to hurt it a whole lot more. And I think – LeVar's choice probably kind of tangentially is related to that because he's like, hey, my kid don't really need all of this because I have an end game for him. And he has an end game for all his boys, but he knows what he wants for his son. And if that high school coach doesn't give it, give it to him or that college coach, then he's that dad. So I'm not really surprised at all, man. It's sad for the college game because I'm a I'm I'm a basketball fan, uh, even though I'm a bigger NBA fan. But I want to see it thrive. Yeah, I think um, the the sad part of the story, right, is these are people that are supposed to have these kids' best interests at heart, and you see how they just flipping them, the same way someone in my community might say, "Oh, I have this hustle and it's narcotics or something." You know, basically, it's like, "Hey, I got this thing that's a value." And if I play my cards right, I can flip it and I can be the one that becomes rich off of it, right? Like, even if it hurts other people and um, the drugs mess up that family, like, I'm going to be all right off of it. And just seeing, like, the like the agents and the shoe companies and even some of the coaches, Chuck Person went to jail over this, mm. right? Um, treating the kids like they're narcotics, like they're a product that if I move them in the underground economy, like, I'm going to get rich. Some of the quotes in that story, the story on ESPN was phenomenal. Uh, but just some of the quotes in it were, like, heart-wrenching. So, I mean, but it's, like, right, neither one is surprising, right? Like, this is kind of what we expected to come to light. The only thing is, I guess there was an agent who got caught up doing some underhanded stuff to finance a movie and then just uh, flipped and told the feds everything. It was like, I can get all these guys to flip. Because I'm not trying to do this jail time. So, I mean, it really did rock. And I don't think it's done being rocked. Mm. Uh, but even as crazy as LeVar has been on some things, that was surprising to me still. That he just went to the school and he said, LaMelo, let's get your books. Clear out your <laughs> locker. We're done here. We are the done. Next episode of our, of our, the next webisode of our show will be right here with you studying in this good old kitchen. So, All uh, because the coach was like, uh, we're not going to let you put up 50 shots a game this year, so we're going to probably go about it a different way. Yeah, LeVar man, crazy, man. man. He crazy, dude. <laughs> That's all I can I, say about that. that man is I think he went right in that joint and was like, hey, are y'all rocking big baller bread this year <laughs> or not? <laughs> 
and they was like, Coach, no one could afford that. He said, that's what I needed to hear. LaMelo, we out of here. Wow. I said, good gracious. Listen, Lonzo oh, don't even want to wear those joints, man. <laughs> they got redesigned. They fresh now. You ain't seen them? Man, I don't want to see them. I'm sorry, bro. I don't care if they if they got the doggone hovercraft boards on them from Back to the Future. I don't want nan parts of those things. What would they have to endorse you for to wear them, Jay Rich? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. I want nothing to do with BBB, okay? All that says to me is ego. What if they support you and help you do a church play? We good, bro. We ain't playing no church under the big balls brand, okay? Not at all. <laughs> it's just no chance. It's just no chance. None at all. Good try, though. Good try. <laughs> all right, word. Look, man, speaking of trying, like, we both have been believers for a good hot minute now, man. And one of the important parts of being a disciple of Christ, being a believer, is um growing in faith you know there's this uh this famous quote from c.s lewis you're gonna like this because this is a fiction deal right where where lucy talks to to aslan and she's like hey um aslan you got bigger and he was like uh no i didn't get bigger you actually grew yourself and now you're able to see me bigger um obviously aslan is kind of the christ figure right so he's he's saying hey as you grow you're able to see me christ uh in, a, in more of my glory so so the christian life is a life of growing and one that needs to happen so some of our listeners uh, certainly would be interested in hearing hey chris lassler if i sat down with you and i had a coffee with you. I'm not sure if you drink coffee, a tea with you, a sweet tea with you in Virginia, sweet tea, right? What would you say or how would you suggest that this new believer or even a younger believer um, grows themselves in the faith? What, what would you suggest to them? What would be some of your tips for them? Man, that is a, that is a multi-layered question. I'm going to try to keep my answer short because I don't want the podcast to run too long, but I definitely want to hear your answer. In, in, a, in a weird type of way, it's just like any other way you grow. And then in a different type of way, it's nothing like else like you grow. So for the anything else, it's where it's like every other thing is you have a plan, right? And so I guess they say like, oh, like that Malcolm Gladwell thing, anything you do 10,000 times, like, you know, you'll become an expert at or... 10,000 hours, whatever. Um, anything you do repetitiously, you know what the old saying is, practice makes perfect. So um, you come up with the plan and say like, hey, I would like to grow. So I'm going to read some books. I'll look to somebody in church who can point me towards some good books, study my Bible that encourages growth. I'll set aside time in my schedule to do this. I'll say yes to this. I'll say this to no to something else that took that time. And I'll pursue uh, some of those things that we would consider like spiritual disciplines, um, maybe meeting with someone who can mentor me, uh, being consistently in church, finding ways to serve in that church, um, having a Bible reading plan that is appropriate for where I am spiritually, trying to memorize scripture. And then um, those are those are things we would call means of grace. In other words, things that God uses to build us up in our faith 
And where it's different is it's that God promises in Philippians 1 that um, he who started a good work in us will see it through um, until the day of Christ Jesus. So there's also this supernatural element where we can do all of those things in pride and it just become academic growth and really leave us in a more rigid and ugly spiritual state than we were before we even started pursuing those disciplines. And so not only do we want to grow in a way that we know more, but we want to grow in a way that encourages our affection for Christ and a desire for more Christ-likeness, more Christ-like humility, like we touched on a couple weeks ago, um, and just um, treasuring the gospel message itself. And the more our affection grows for that gospel, I think that's the healthy type of growth. That's good, man. That's good. Definitely pursue the spiritual disciplines. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I would stress um, and not add because you already said something to this effect is, is the intentional, very rigorous pursuit of community. Um, last week, you know, I talked to you about me doing the Bible study on First Kings 19. And one of the interesting things about Elijah's life um, was that whenever he got into this spiritual rut or funk, he got as far away from community as he could. So, so he he fleed Jezebel from the from north northern kingdom in Israel and went all the way to Beersheba, which is all the way to the southernmost tip of the kingdom. So he got all the way to the southernmost tip, dropped his servant, and was like, I'm going further out into the wilderness. So so one the tendency for Christians, especially when we go through, is to isolate ourselves because one, we don't want people, we don't want to be around people because we don't feel like they need to be burdened with what we're going through. When scripture teaches us otherwise, right? Bear one another's burdens. Explicitly, Paul says that. So, so I would say that one of the biggest things that helped me grow as a Christian is that intentional pursuit of community with all my heart. Like I need folks around me who will be able to encourage me in those moments. And um, it's a tendency to, to not pursue that when you're going through things because you don't necessarily want people to know. Um, but the way the kingdom is set up and the way Jesus has set up his discipleship program um, is that we encourage one another in the faith within the community context. And that means the church, a small group, accountability partners, um, having all those folks in place helps you to grow immensely in the faith. So that would be the one thing that I would add to what you said. Amen. God uses his people to grow his people. Amen. Absolutely. And speaking of, so so next week, right, we're going to talk about how to actually walk somebody through their growth and a mentoring relationship. So looking forward to talking about that with you, Chris, because I know uh, we're both very interested in discipleship and, and mentoring and growing other people in the faith. So looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, I am too, man. I am too. These are things that interest me. And this is actually like some of these things, obviously, I want to keep growing and I want to keep growing in my ability to see like producing, reproducing Christ followers, you know? So, um, yeah, that's cool. 
All right, man, share one resource that you would commend to the folks of the podcast. We love doing this at the end just to give people some resources. So what would you commend to someone who is a listener? All right, so um, Wednesday I kind of have time set aside just to read, and I'm hoping to go through some of um, Instruments in the Hands of the Redeemer. I can't remember which trip, brother, but um, I've been excited about picking this book back up. I got to start to read it on my way back from legacy the last time that I flew and then I had other books I had to read and then I was like oh man I need to get back into this book it's just a it it covers some of that stuff that we're talking about how do we grow and grow other believers and how do we make sure that growth and like that growth in others is centered around the gospel so I'm excited to pick up that book again it was great man yeah that would be Paul the one with the awesome mustache that mustache, man, that is our life goals right there. <laughs> so I'm reading Sinclair Ferguson's The Whole Christ, um, which takes a very intriguing look at look at a historical controversy that came up um, that talks about grace versus works um, in that church context and kind of bridges the gap to contemporary culture. And here's the good news. This entire month, the audio book of it is free on Christian audio. So if you go to christianaudio.com, have a, have an account or sign up for an account, you can get it free for the entire month of October. So go check it out. Yo, I love audio Yes, sir. They, they get me through. Is he doing the reading of it? No, it's another, uh, another English Scottish guy, but he has an accent as well. So it's awesome. Oh. Have you ever heard Sinclair Ferguson speak? The best. Yes, I have. <laughs> He's awesome, man. I, I like want to be more saved listening to him. His accent is great. <laughs> All right, closing shout outs, bro. Yo, I'm still on this WNBA finals. They got is it game five tonight? Game five. I think it may be tonight, or maybe did they travel and it's tomorrow night? It One might way be or another. Tomorrow it's, game night, five, bro. it's two two, and we got the game winner. So I'm still shouting out. The ladies, man, they are they are playing some ball. They're putting on a great series. Bro, Candace Parker games. is balling. Yeah. I'm all about competitiveness, so I love, like, games where everything's on the line. So they get my shout-out for a second straight week. You know, uh, you know where I'm about to go, don't you? Down south. To the number five team in the nation, bro. <laughs> I knew it. We just hit the top five, man. I can't get I can't get a shout out for forty one nothing over Tennessee after they broke our hearts last last year. Yeah, Got a shout out to Georgia Jones, Bulldogs. Got that to. was the game to pack them on, wasn't it? <laughs> that was His the game. Was all packed up. All packed up, gone. But I got a shout out to the dogs, man. Looking good this year. Love the defense. Love my squad. I promise you, my all my shout outs won't be about them this year. But this was awesome this past weekend. Jay Loved it. Yes, sir. Closing, closing point. You know, that's all I've been trying to tell you. If if you're new to the podcast, uh, Jay Rich and I would strongly disagree on fiction and nonfiction and which books are better to read consistently. Um, but you just pointed out my whole point about fiction reading tonight. You do realize. Don't edit that out when you do the podcast, bro. No, oh, the C.S. Lewis joint? Great. Yes. Don't that's worry. I, point I don't... about fiction. I don't have to read to keep illustrations in my Rolodex. So uh, that one was pulled from somewhere else. I don't know if I even actually read that in the book, but 
I thought it was a really cool illustration. But with... the person who did read it in the book, wherever you got it from, <laughs> it came from a fiction book. I ain't got to read it then. I'm just saying. Look, we're not going to agree. We really ain't, especially on episode 43, because you thought this was going to be the King episode. Petty. You're a, NAS <laughs> you're a NASCAR guy. No, nah, I've never been to a NASCAR nothing. <laughs> no, that's good, man. Big Troy. I love Troy and the flowing hair. Love it. Love it. So Troy Palomar, episode number 43. Uh, we really appreciate you guys for joining us again. Uh, make sure you you continue to pray for our nation, uh, pray for uh, our world, uh, and pray that our leadership um, continues to, to move in a direction that helps us to move humanity forward, uh, just as human beings. Make sure you head over to iTunes, follow us, or subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a rating or review follow us on twitter and join the facebook group at boxing one podcast we appreciate you guys for joining us we'll see you next go round peace out